So hi, Woman Grown Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Mark from Hungover. There are some questions say about the upcoming album, When It Touches the Heart, Everything Resolves. So congrats on that. By the way, how do you feel about the response to it so far since at the time of recording um, it's not announced yet? So how are you personally feeling? Um, it's it's been so cathartic to get the music out. Um, because I don't know how familiar y'all are with the the storied history of our band. Um, but we haven't put out a full body of work in five years. Goddamn. And we've been working on this record for most of that five years. Oh wow. Um, so there are songs that were written that are on this record that were uh written during the last album cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we were when we were working on it. So finally getting to see some of these songs come to light. Uh, for example, Reunion, the first single we put out, was written pretty much as soon as Wilt was out in the world uh, with the idea that this would follow up pretty quickly. But things happen and life gets in the way and uh, pandemics happen and then more life gets in the way and uh, it pushed everything back and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it almost feels surreal that I get to say like, oh, like the music, it's it's out and other people get to hear it and it doesn't just live in my Dropbox uh, or an email or something. So it's 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 cathartic and surreal and just feels really, really good. Hell yeah. Well, Hell yeah. got to listen to the record. It fucking rips. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hell yeah, of course. Hell yeah. So is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um. So um, when we put out Wilt, I felt like it wasn't, made abundantly clear in the branding or the marketing uh that was an acronym for when i lose touch and uh the album is called when it touches the heart everything resolves uh which is the extended form of a wither is like the acronym Mm -hmm. so it's just like a follow-up to um to the previous record um and it basically just means like at the end of the day, like as long as you're leading with love, and as long as you're uh, putting your heart first, then everything will be all good. All good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, don't want to don't want to jump the gun too much, but is the plan to kind of keep the album titles to like have some sort of acronym, or is it just happen to be a coincidence? Um, I wanted this to kind of feel more like a follow up to Wilt. I don't know what it'll be like in the future. Uh, hopefully, it won't be another five years. before we drop another record um and i could think about it a little more uh openly uh after this record is out in in the world and in people's hands um and i can make we can kind of let it marinate for a little bit uh on the other side of that the guys are already writing for lp2 so i don't know how much time i'll actually have (laughs) sounds like you're not gonna have five years to think about it which is good yeah hopefully (laughs) that's that's the goal oh yeah um but maybe who knows it could be it could be a cool thing absolutely um so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for the album so uh the way that a lot of these songs happen is uh i'll put together like a acoustic folk almost kind of like just singer songwritery uh voice memo and i'll send it off to the guys and let them kind of mess around with it and then we'll we we don't really get into a room and write as a band uh we we like to write more in studio uh which admittedly is a lot more expensive (laughs) than getting into into a room and uh 
and writing that way. But I think it's it's cool to, that we live in an era where uh, I could go, that needs a saxophone, and then someone can program a saxophone like right away, and like there's yeah. no real limit uh, to this sound. While at the at the core of everything, it still is like uh, two guitars, a bass, drums, and a vocal like standard rock format. Uh, we do like to to play with stuff, and we were a little bit more adventurous on this one, so. Uh, Half the songs were written in that way, maybe a little more than half, where I kind of had the chords and melody, and then the guys kind of ran with it. And then uh, this is the first time ever that someone wrote to my vocals. So Sean joined the band during the recording process for Wilt, um, and he got to play on the record uh, and made a lot of stuff a lot cooler, but a lot of the songs already existed in their, in their current form, and we're just getting spruced up. So he, uh, we've known each other for a really long time and he knows my writing style pretty intimately. Um, and I've always written to my voice, but I've never had anybody else write to my voice. So it was really cool to be given like a fully fleshed out guitar idea that I could write to where I didn't have to like pull the structure out of my brain. It was kind of already laid out for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that if, if you're familiar with the band, when you listen to the record for the first time, uh, you might even start to notice like, oh, this is a, a Sean song or this is a Mark song or or whatever. Not to say that it's not collaborative, but the um, where, where it starts will be a little bit more evident. Like who it started with, I guess, is a better way to put it. For sure. So I just have two questions because earlier you mentioned you've been working on this record for five years. So the first one is because you have been working on this record for the past five years, is there any kind of pressure that you've put on yourself because your listeners have been waiting for this record and you've been holding on to these songs for so long that like are you a little scared to let them go um i'm not scared to let them go as much as i am curious to how they will be received yeah because while uh how do i put this mm -hmm. while we are the same band at the core we have and i i hate this term when it comes to records but it, we are more mature. Like we are literally five years older than we were. No, actually older because Will came out five years ago. We tracked it probably six years ago. So we're six years older than when that record came out. We have different tastes. Um, what's trendy and like what's relevant and what's hitting our ears constantly has changed. Um, so that's definitely put an influence on the record. Um, and I guess you could argue in that time, like, we wrote enough songs to where there could be a whole nother record in between. Um, so when I say it took five years to put together the record, there is a song that was written five years ago. And there is a song that was written a year ago and they are both in the same place. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it does. Uh, I don't think anything is to be desired from someone who loved Wilt and has been a fan of the band for a long time. But we push the envelope a little bit more. We're experimenting with vocal layers and synthesizers. And uh, Sean comes from a more post-hardcore background. So there's some heavier elements to it in places. Um, some more alternative uh, elements to it in places. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm curious to see how our audience has grown with us. And I know that there's going to be something on there for everyone but I think there are some surprise tracks. And you got, have you guys listened all the way through to everything? Mm -hmm. So uh, so Slow Emotion is like way out of left field uh, for what we usually do. Kayfabe is way out of left field. Really, the whole back half of the record uh, is us pushing the envelope 
for what we think hungover could be. And the first half of the record is kind of like, uh, hey, like here's an evolved version of what we were doing before. Um, so I think as people listen into it, like maybe in that 37 minutes or however long the record is, they'll kind of see the growth and hear the growth. And I think we've structured it that way. Um, but who knows, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to, to see what people think and, and talk about it and uh, see if people have questions and to explain those questions. And uh, I don't know, like I'm, I'm excited for it to not be mine anymore. You know, for it to not be ours, for people to uh, come up with their own interpretations of things. And uh, I've historically written in a way that's very specific to me and tells my story. Mm -hmm. But I think as I've grown as a songwriter, I'm more capable of putting lyrics together in such a way that maybe more people can relate to what I'm saying and apply it to their situations. Mm -hmm. um, so... I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious and uh excited and like what people have said so far has has been really cool. Mm -hmm. Um and uh I don't know, I'm just excited to hear more of that. So far the reception is good. So I'm it makes me feel better about it. Like it makes me feel not scared. Uh yeah. but uh yeah, I don't know. Like it's unknown I and mean, that's fucking cool. Like yeah. it's it's like a it's an adventure, you know. For sure. Absolutely. And then my second question uh was because you said you only write in the studio together as a band, do you guys just do it in very, very short bursts? Or is there kind of a moment where you're like, let's all get in the studio, we're going to write a full album? So because so we started writing the record maybe six months, no, a year before the pandemic started is oh, when shit. we really started getting into the studio. Okay. Um, so like 2019, we were in the studio working on this. Mm -hmm. Um. And at that point, nothing was separating us. So we were getting together pretty often and we banged out probably like seven or eight demos. Um, but also around that time, I found out that I was going to be having a daughter. So that changed oh a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that changed a lot. I wasn't able to get into the studio as much. So there would be times where I go and spend three days in Daytona and do as much as I can, but then maybe I don't go for two months. And the guys are going in there and that format uh kind of worked out really well because uh once the pandemic did start my daughter was born she was born a month before the pandemic um i had a newborn at home so i was being very careful about what i was doing because we didn't really know what we were dealing with um and when we finally felt comfortable the guys were kind of going in on their own individual one-on-one -on -one sessions and thank goodness we had all these demos put together so we can kind of work off of the structure with the constant being the producer um, and we didn't do a session together until probably it had gotten cold outside and then warm again. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like we had we had gotten together like separately, mm -hmm. uh, like like maybe two of us or three or whatever, but not all of us. Uh, so it was it was probably March by the time we got together again. And at that point, we had all kind of grown as individuals or whatever. We weren't really sure if we were going to stay a band through all this because the world was so crazy. And it's like, I was thinking about playing shows when everything's a mystery, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we weren't really sure it was going to go on. We kind of went on a little bit of a hiatus at some point because we just didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't say anything about it because no one was saying anything about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we finally got back to it. And then we had all these demos that we had kind of worked on separately but together and i don't know <laughs> and uh 
And then we started demoing everything again. So we went through that whole process one more time. Okay. And then uh, Evan actually decided to leave the band and move to Colorado. And then we demoed the record one more time Because why with not? new songs. Third time's the charm. Yeah. Yeah, with, with new songs and uh, new parts and things removed and things. At, and it was just like uh, we wanted it to be the best that it could be. And we wanted uh, to make sure we were thorough. And then by the time we got to actually recording the record, we had so many different bits and pieces of uh these demos we were like i think we have enough here to where like the record's kind of like 60 percent recorded and we're just gonna go in and like punch the rest out so uh maybe the first three years of recording it was uh demoing doing all that stuff whatever and like the last six months of it was just getting together as much as possible crushing everything re-recording everything that we needed to be recorded getting it mixed, mastered, whatever. And that was a whole nother process. And uh, to to say that it was quick would be An a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it, sure. it, definitely took, it definitely took a long time and probably longer than it should have. But I don't think we end up with the product that we have without all that. For sure. Fair Fair enough. Enough. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on the baby yeah. that is now a toddler that's she's, kind of crazy she'll be four yeah. <laughs> like oh she's starting God. preschool yeah. soon <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so like that's that's what's so crazy about uh re-entering this like band guy thing <laughs> like uh like i'm a dad like, now i'm not a band guy playing. and I, I already had a son uh prior to that um but i got to spend all this concentrated time at home in quarantine and like it kind of leveled up my relationship with my kids and my family and all that and uh when people see like the physical uh vinyl and i, I think we're doing cds too we have to do cds there's no way we're not doing cds oh, yeah. uh, but, but when they when they open up the vinyl uh in the bottom right hand corner of uh the insert it's actually the album's dedicated to them so like oh. it's cool to see uh how when wilt came out i was like figuring myself out as an adult um i wrote the songs before i was a parent um so i didn't have as much perspective as i do now mm -hmm. um and then so when i go back and listen to some of those songs I'm like dude what was i thinking um and then a lot of these songs are from when i was a parent onward mm -hmm. and now that i've been a parent for it'll be eight years in april um i'm like what was i thinking <laughs> like what i'm yeah. listening to this record like the perspective is so different mm -hmm. um and i don't know it's it's just crazy to see where my head was at and what i was thinking and like what was important to me and what i felt like i needed to express mm -hmm. um at the time uh i don't know it's it's cool because like now i have these like capsules of like um what I was thinking and feeling and how angsty I was or how level-headed I or whatever. They, I don't know. It's just, I still don't really understand like what it means to me and why I think it's cool, but it's just, I don't know. I think about it a lot. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what song off this album took the longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? What song took the longest to write? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess technically shake it off shake it off was the first song we demoed for the record and it's changed the most since uh 
since its inception. So to the point where Matt Burns, our A&R, messaged us when we put it out and said, happy release day. This is my favorite hungover track. And Sean in our group chat goes, remember this? And sends him demo one. It was called Wolfman. It didn't have vocals yet. Um, and they were and like, they, he was like, why did we write out this post chorus? And I was like, dude, this was like five versions ago. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, what were, yeah. what were we thinking? I'm not sure. But uh, the overall idea of the song was conceived pretty quickly, as were all of these. But as far as fleshing them out and seeing uh, the final uh, the final product, that one probably took the longest. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, my favorite, Out of Body is probably my favorite song that I've ever written. Yeah. Uh, it's like the opposite of Shake It Off. Um, what happened was the band was touring we were staying with my family in New Jersey. We had a few days off. And I don't even remember what the fight was about. We got in a huge fight. Um, and I went to New York for the day with Sean. The day after the rest of the guys went to New York. Because I was being such a fucking baby. Like about whatever we were fighting about. And uh, we were walking to uh, meet up with one of my high school friends who works in the piercing industry up there just to say hi. And uh, just the, the idea for it popped into my head, um, like the whole "there's a there's a hole in my heart the size of your bedroom." Like that lyric just came to me, and uh, I was like, "I'll be back." And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "I'm gonna be here, but I'll be back." <laughs> he was like, "Okay," um, and I put my headphones in, and I was like, "I'm gonna keep walking straight and just like push me, <laughs> like if if I need to turn or whatever." He's like, you're fucking weird, but okay. So I programmed the chords in GarageBand on like a piano. Um, and then I like in my <laughs> like headphones, I like kind of like simlished the melody or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I like exported it and listened to it and typed out lyrics. Um, and then maybe like 20, 30 minutes into our walk into our walk, I had like the idea for out of body, and I was like, we're gonna jam this. Uh, when we get back to to New Jersey tonight, he was like, what were you doing that whole time? And I was like, it just came to me. Like the whole song was just in my head mm-hmm. and I had to express it because if I didn't get it out right then, then who knows if I would lose it. I have this theory that uh, songs are like bolts of lightning to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much come to me mostly fleshed out and I get it all at once. And if I don't catch that lightning in a bottle, I'm going to lose it. And it's, it's terrifying because sometimes I will go weeks or months without getting that strike of lightning. And I'm like, I'm never going to write another song ever again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, it's over for me. Yeah. Um. So that was just one of those moments where I was like, this is a good one. I have to get it down. And uh, it just it evolved over the demoing process. And that's probably my favorite hungover song ever. Hell yeah. Love that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so how'd the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, close to be a closer, just shelf around and see what fits? What was that process like? Um I didn't think we we didn't really write the opener be an opener and the closer to be a closer. Um, but as soon as we started tracking, it became very apparent uh the the at it was not it used to be called acid. We changed it to candy flip. Mm-hmm. Um that uh it became pretty apparent once we like did that like big vocal section uh that that had to be the opener um 
Sean and his dad are obsessed with Queen. Um, and he was like, it's like Queen, and my dad's going to fucking love it. And yeah. I was like, I don't know that it sounds like Queen, but it's a vocal arrangement, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's a big and, compliment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, that's cool. They think I'm, I don't know, like <laughs> even close to to that, but hell yeah. Um, so uh, it became pretty apparent. And it's just uh, like lyrically, I feel like it's very striking and immediately lets people know like hey i'm thinking about other shit now like i'm not there's no songs about girls <laughs> like on the record yeah. there's yeah. no songs about getting cheated on on the record there's no like i'm not in that anymore yeah. um the the song is about uh y'all know what a candy flip is do i know who it is what it is what it is i i do not shane okay so i'm gonna sound like a real druggie when i say this okay um and when my kids have the internet years from now and they look at me up they'll see this and go dad what the fuck um but a candy a candy flip is where uh you take acid and molly at the same time with the idea that they will peak at the same time and it's just like crazy don't do it (laughs) no no trust me Don't do it. If you're listening to this right now, don't do it. Um, But this song is about the end of me writing Wilt and me being uh, at a lake by my parents' house, uh, tripping on acid and doing Molly with my friend um, and having like an ego death and like a spiritual awakening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like the whole like, I found God on my birthday in an open field some odd years ago. We were tripping on acid by my parents' house. I kind of wanted people to hear the record and like the beginning of the record and go, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is he talking about? These two things are so juxtaposed. Also, it doesn't sound like what he's saying. Like yeah. they're they're different and it's high and it's low mm-hmm. and it's 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 deep and it's shallow and it's coming from all these different places. And that's what I want, like, because that's what the record is. It's high and it's low and it's deep and it's shallow and it's coming from all these different places because I was discovering who I was as an adult. And that's scary and cool and weird and exciting. And uh, it's it's all of those things. And I kind of wanted the record to, to start that way, confused, but sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the last song on the record, Vanishing Act, um once we titled it, I was like, yeah, that kind of has to go at the end, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, the last lyrics are, and now you're gone, and then the record ends. Um, yeah. And I just, I I thought that was cool, and it ends on a crescendo and mm-hmm. goes upward and kind of disappears into the heavens or not, like whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. and it kind of starts and ends in that same way with like a big vocal section, uh, which is a big theme throughout the record. We really leaned into harmony and doubling and tripling and quadrupling vocals. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean, have you guys ever seen Whiplash? I'm not. Oh my god. Uh, so it's about a drummer and like his music teacher. I think he goes to, like Berkeley or whatever. Is just a jerk and is like so mean to him. Mm-hmm. And I compared our producer to Whiplash, like the movie, all the time because he like <laughs> he pushed me like so hard vocally. Yeah. Um, and I think the record's so much better for it, but I kind of hated him subconsciously for like four yeah. years. Yeah, you kind of have to, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it's long gone now. 
Yeah, it's all good. The record's tracked now, so yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah, until the yeah. next one. <laughs> yeah, until the, until the next one. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, we it's it kind of intentional, but kind of an accident also. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Hell yeah, it's fucking awesome. Uh, would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you were creating this record? This is hard. <laughs> it's uh, it was in a, it was in a lot of different places. I thought the world was gonna end. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I just I didn't know it was gonna happen. Uh, I was processing a bunch. Uh, I experienced the birth of a child. I experienced the world shutting down. I experienced uh, loss. Um, I was making strides in my career. But like feeling guilty about like capitalizing on business opportunities while the world is falling apart. Um, I was happy. I was sad. I was confused. It's just I was I was everywhere, and yeah. I think that's. I think it's it's crazy. Not crazy. Crazy is not the word. It's wild to think that when you see people and experience people and talk to them, like we think that everyone is even keeled and sitting on this uh, is like baseline. Like sometimes they go a little bit up, but sometimes they go a little bit down, but pretty much all these people and personalities are riding the middle, but like, you don't know what's going on in a person's head. Everyone is everywhere all the time. Like today, you guys have probably been happy, sad, hungry, scared, excited, brave, like all those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to really say like what headspace I was in while writing the record because like lyrically I'm taking an inventory of my feelings and I yeah. feel like I feel pretty big. Like my emotions are are pretty gigantic and sometimes hard to articulate or control or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to say because I was I was all over the place and nowhere all at the same time, you know. It was also sure. six years of your life. So how can yeah. how can you sum yeah. that all up in a you know a five minute answer to a question? And what's what's crazy is it doesn't really feel like six years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really feel like six seconds. It doesn't feel like sixty years. It just feels like time. Uh, I keep going back to the pandemic, but that was just such a big chunk of when we were writing, yeah. when we were recording and all this stuff. Like, I think it really threw off everybody's concept of time um, and, and how we use it. And uh, all of a sudden everybody had free time, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And they had to spend it in one place. I think it just kind of threw everybody off. And um, so now six years doesn't seem like so long, but it also seems like an eternity. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know. I probably sound like a fucking hippie. My bad. No, <laughs> that was like my favorite answer to this question if, for the entire podcast. I think you, you yeah. fucking nailed that shit. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh yeah. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should you do in the car with friends and talk with headphones on is workout album, party album. What do you personally recommend? Um, I want people to listen to it in their room loud and I want them to lock the door and I want them to cry and dance hell yeah at the same time or two separate occasions Uh, crying while dancing is the vibe always For sure. it's like the whole like our whole band is is sounds happy feels sad Um, yeah. like the whole thing so like but and like whatever 
not specifically crying while dancing. Think about that as like a, a metaphor almost like whatever your version of crying while dancing is, whether it's sitting on your bed, like sprawled out with your eyes closed or like rolling a fat joint and <laughs> like enjoying it that way. Or like petting your dog. I don't know. Like whatever like makes you feel like you can just like let it all out. This is me letting it all out. So uh, I invite you to do that with me, whatever that means. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. This album for our listeners in three words. Mm -hmm. uh, dynamic, energetic, and emotional. Nice. Perfect. Hell yeah. Um, so in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? Um, introspection. I don't know if that's an emotion as much as a a thing that you do. Um, but I want I want people to be introspective and uh, I don't know. Just think think about uh, their own experiences. Um, so I think we're all we're all more we have more in common than I think we give ourselves credit for as humans. Um, and there's struggles and triumphs. on this whole record. And I think everybody struggled with something or triumphed over something. So, uh, yeah, like just, I want people to be reflective. I like that. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh, so are you able to touch on any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album, positive or negative? There are a couple songs on the record, uh, that come to mind that when we wrote them and recorded them and heard them, like fully done for the first time we kind of had this like aha moment of like oh this is like the future of the band mm -hmm. and this is where we're moving after this and it wasn't like a spoken thing like oh this will be the future <laughs> like it was it was <laughs> yeah. like a like when we recorded think straight um it started as like just an acoustic guitar and vocal We even played in a couple of acoustic shows where we played it that way, like before it was even recorded. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we were working on a totally different song and we just needed to clear the air, a palate cleanser, whatever. And Sean, our guitar player's name Sean and the producer's name Sean. It gets very confusing. <laughs> um, Sean, the producer, was like, let's work on Think Straight. Because while Shake It Off was the first song we recorded for the, or we demoed for the record, Think Straight was the first song I played for everyone in studio uh, mm -hmm. on the acoustic guitar. And uh, we started tracking and we were like, well, what if it was like heavy kind of? And what if it was like cool? And what if it kind of sounded like the neighborhood here? And what if it kind of sounded like a, like a dive bomb here? And then we started the song with the boom, boom, boom. And I was like, fuck, like this is different. This yeah. is, we're throwing it stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks and this is going to be jarring for people and it's going to it's going to reset what people think our band is supposed to be and that's why it's song two on the record uh because you get candy flip it's like this big uh triumphant moment this coming of age song and then it goes psych <laughs> like we're anxious <laughs> we're loud yeah. um, and and that's I don't know, it just felt right while we were doing it. 
and it it didn't fit anywhere else on the record, but it's so similar to certain songs where like the the production is bigger, the guitars are bigger, um, and I don't know. It just kind of informed what our what our band is gonna is gonna sound like in the future. I think the same kind of deal with slow emotion, like that big atmospheric synth. Like when we heard it all put together for the first time, felt really really good. Um, I don't know. The biggest, the biggest challenge was just ourselves, you know, like when you sit on stuff for that long, you kind of start to doubt it a little bit. You're a little too close to the sauce. Um, you know how the sausage is made, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you have five different versions of a song, you kind of go to a place where you're like, well, maybe it's not so good. Maybe we do need to change this. Uh, we call it demoitis. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, Yeah, like that was probably the the hardest thing to deal with was just time and like knowing that we had this record that we loved and then like being able to hold on to it long enough to where you doubt yourself because it hasn't been put out yet. You're like, well, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. It's just self-doubt is probably the hardest thing. Like, and that kind of lingers throughout. And but at the end of the day, we're like, well, we feel like we're writing the right songs. And yeah. and that's that's all we really need to know. If it feels right while you're doing it, it's good. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Musically. Yes. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so for this question, we want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh, dude. Uh, what is my snack of choice? Is, is it at any gas station? We like to say Wawa. Yeah, we're East Coast people. Okay, Wawa. Uh, Tall Boy, CZ, Coke Zero, easy. Um, I get a hot snack. Um, this is actually... So I'm a barber. My shop is... a 30 second walk from a Wawa. Um, That's the dream. My lunch today was a CZ tall boy, 16 ounce, of course. Um, I got a Fiji water for after. Mm -hmm. um, only the finest in this house. Of course. Uh, buffalo chicken nuggets, ranch dipping cup, mozzarella sticks. Damn. Uh, and if I get candy, mm -hmm. um, Haribo gummy bears. Nice. Yep. You're, you're living the dream being right next to a to a Wawa. Dude, it's so I'm a dude, if you guys need Wawa rewards points, I got <laughs> you, dude. Whenever you're like, if you're like, I need a coffee now, and I don't have two dollars, text me, I'll send you a screenshot of my barcode. You're good. I, I got coffee. I've good. been I've been, you know, going to Wawa a lot. I I lost the fucking password to my account for a while. I'm finally I'm finally taking advantage of the Wawa rewards after sleeping Dude. on it for like a year. <laughs> I got that joint in my Apple wallet. Yeah. I had to put it in the Apple wallet. I was like, it's got to be there. I don't know why I I, did, I opted into this. Uh I let my Wawa app know my location when I'm not using the app. Not just when I'm using the app, but I'm not using the app. It's tracking you. I, Wawa knows where you are at all times. I manage the shop, and I have an office in the back. Mm -hmm. um, my office is close enough to the Wawa to where every time I go in my office, my phone goes, are you on a Wawa run? <laughs> Don't forget to use your rewards. So every time I'm in my office. You get the urge my, to go to Wawa. Well, my phone just thinks that I'm going there. And I'm like, honestly, you're probably not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> I'm probably on the yeah. way to a Wawa. Yeah, I'm probably about to be on my way. Hell yeah. Fair enough. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and on the topic of food, actually, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? 
Okay. This is very controversial. I hate that pizza has become the pop punk food. Yeah. I don't like it because it has a stigma now and it has like the, I love a little chunk, no Captain Chunk, but it has the, hey dudes, are you ready to energy now? Yeah. Like when people talk about <laughs> yeah. pizza and they have like the hat on backwards and you're like, <laughs> yep. yeah. Like, yeah. I think I of that music that. video. <laughs> you got that yeah. shit down. Yeah. Um, soupy, slappy, clap. Like that's the energy it has. It's very 2014. Yeah. Um, but we would be a Neapolitan style pizza wood-fired uh, with basil pepperoni and mike's hot honey damn the nice. fucking yeah. honey too i just yeah. discovered that like a couple months ago i dude can't... mike's hot honey yeah. is Ooh. it's, it's just it's so wonderful the yeah. the crust is a little burnt mm. yeah hell yeah hell yeah beautiful um so for the last couple questions we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? I, you're not going to believe me. I had this conversation like two days ago. <laughs> Are you fucking um, kidding me? Someone beat us to it. <laughs> so, uh, I, that's like kind of how my brain works. I'm always thinking about like hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. Um, and so growing up, my mom, she still is a bail bondsman. Uh, and she always told me that like, if I ever got arrested, she would leave me in jail for a while so I could think about it. Uh, so my biggest fear, I don't do crime anymore. Like as a like I'm not doing it in like no misdemeanors, no, I'm just like a guy. Yeah. Um <laughs> just a guy. To this day, my biggest fear is going to jail mm -hmm. and being on death row. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a so, fair fear. Yeah. yeah, but like you have to do the thing. To you, you, have to be do you have to be doing yeah. fucked up shit to yeah, have that yeah, fear. Yeah. You're just yeah, like you a guy be, that manages a barber shop and goes to Wawa all the time. Yeah, crimes. Like my my threshold for crime is low right now. And it sounds <laughs> like, like you're not even stealing from Wawa. It sounds like you're you're paying for no, everything because you're, you're paying racking paying. up those points. They're stealing from me. If I go to self-checkout at a grocery store and I accidentally don't scan something, I walk back in and pay for it. I'm yeah, honest. yeah. I got that energy uh, too. Like, like that, That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. But final meal, Chipotle bowl, chicken, white rice black beans guac fajita veggies uh the pico mild salsa mm -hmm. um and a side of like that like chipotle and vinaigrette stuff that they have yep. um a steak mm -hmm. uh skirt steak with chimichurri on it yep. um ben and jerry's uh strawberry cheesecake ice cream uh a beefy five layer Mm -hmm. replace the beef with black beans okay. and add potatoes and tomatoes get it yeah. grilled yeah. um a baja blast right. a large baja blast yeah uh maybe a second baja blast and a lot of ice in both of them okay um uh can i pick a second drink yeah go for it <laughs> lemon cello lacroix a Best little one. cold yeah, it's the best one. It's like a dessert and a drink. A For little real? cold. Yeah. It's a uh, it's not screaming cold, just a little cold. Um where are you guys at? Like New Jersey. I I'm in Virginia. Okay. So do you have Publix in Virginia? I think I've passed by one, but I've personally I've never stepped foot in a Publix. Okay. Publix, uh 
bakery chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Um, late July organic uh, sea salt and lime chips yes. with peach mango salsa. Um, and uh, I think I'm probably good on that. I think I think but you're I'm going out good. I think oh, you're hold going on. Good. And an ultimate feast from Red Lobster. Damn. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm surprised just to top you didn't it say off. Coke Zero. Um, so I love Coke Zero. That's my that's my uh that's my constant and my steady. But there is nothing in this world mm-hmm. like a screaming cold Baja blast. It's just Yeah. I've gone to Taco Bell just for a Baja Blast, and that's it. That's completely fair. Yeah. 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 yeah like we all have here. I love a CZ, like it's it's the best mm-hmm. but baja blast is just the better you know like yeah. who doesn't love baja blast yeah right yeah. yeah i had to cut back because i was drinking too much baja blast i was like i i'm i'm getting cavities this is costing too much money the baja yeah, blast is so cheap real. the mouth work is not yeah. it's an investment for sure yeah <laughs> Uh, and if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? If I could live in one fictional world for a week, uh, I would get the Steven Universe world. Ah, oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, Steven Universe is my Roman Empire. Think about it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Oh yeah. yeah um, I uh, want to try uh, the Cookie Cat. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I need to rewatch that show. I used to, I was obsessed with it when I was. Dude, like, it's so. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, and I've thought of asking the last question. Every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Lavender. Ooh. That's solid. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, Dude, people don't get asked that enough as adults. I'm, yeah, we I'm ask saying. adults that all day and we get weird looks. Exactly. Can I guess? Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Yeah. What's your favorite animal? Oh, a marmot. I don't know what uh, marmot or prairie dog. Those are okay. my two favorite. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A dog, probably a beagle. I don't know. Snoopy's pretty cool. So I just I just assume that beagles are cool. I haven't met many, but I want one. And Snoopy. they got a good vibe about them. Whoever does the marketing for beagles does a great job. Yeah, for sure. They got for good sure. PR. Well, I mean, it helps that they got they got Snoopy on their side. They got the. Big I love man. that guy. Yeah, yeah, the good mascot. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Hell yeah. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, my favorite animal is a bison. <gasps> uh, I need everybody to know that. That's a very uh, good pick. I love bison. Um, what do I want to plug? When it touches the heart, everything resolves is out late. February on Smart Punk Records. Um, go buy it, please. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Go share it with a friend. Um, yeah, that's it. Buy the record. Listen to it. Hit us up on uh, We're Hungover Band on everything. Uh, I reply to almost every single TikTok comment. Um, DMs are harder, but uh, I just want to. I want to talk to people and hear what you have to think and hear what you have to say, even if it has nothing to do with the music. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Sal. It's been Mark from Hungover, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.